Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this Emotional Planet podcast. This week I'm talking to Lisa West. This conversation is amazing. We talk all about how emotions manifest in the body as pain, how you can work through it, and this mind-body spirit connection, how it actually comes to play out on the table. Lisa is a woman who has worked in myofascial release for over 20 years. She blends a lot of different modalities and techniques, but the thing that and made me invite her to this podcast that is so remarkable about Lisa is that she knows the body so well. She is a master of understanding and intuiting what is happening in the body through the fascia, through the muscles, through uh, the skeletal system, the nervous system. She knows the system so well, and she's brought in this layer of understanding of the emotions and it creates this really full picture of how we can actually somatically start to work through emotional um, blocks. And so she brings a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom to this conversation. I learned something and she's she gives you a couple of really solid practices to start with. So it's an amazing conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Side note, we do start kind of in the middle of a conversation, just flow with it. Uh, I'm new to recording and uh, it, there's a lot of juicy, great pieces in there. So please excuse the rough beginning. What do you want to describe a little bit about what inspired you to write the book? Yeah, you know, I I kind of had like a little inkling in the back of my mind for years that I was probably going to write something at some point. I if you saw the list of like little articles and blurbs that I journal entries that I've written through the years, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But one day I woke up and I was just lying in bed. Every morning I do a practice where I just do something embodied. So I like pay, pay attention to where my nervous system is, where my where I'm feeling sensation in my body, where my energy body is in my physical body. Mm-hmm. And I do usually some breath work, mm-hmm. different things to try to calm that down if it's agitated or move it to where it needs to be. And um, I was doing a technique one day. I don't even remember which technique it was now, but I was doing something and I woke up and I said, I, I should write this down. And so mm-hmm. I wrote it down. And then the very next day I woke up and I like just had this huge surge that went through me where um, I was like, I need to share my story. And so I did that next. And then every day after that, I got up and I just wrote these techniques that I had used through the years and had shared with my clients. And mm-hmm. it sort of just came together. Awesome. Well, I know several people. I've been to you. Your work is amazing. But uh, my friend Charlie was trained by you, and he just speaks so highly of you. My my other friend has gone to you for many years, and just I've seen the impact of your work. So I know what you're doing is really deep work with the body and emotions. And I just see so few people actually working explicitly with emotions like this. I love highlighting people like you who are doing this because you really get it. you get it from a, an embodied sense too, which is important. There's a lot of conversation out there about the mind, mm-hmm. and as you're as you're describing here, the body is equally as important. Yeah. What got you into this work, Lisa? What you know? What was your inspiration? Well, I was originally injured, so that was the first time I went to a physical therapist, and I was like, I was going to be a doctor. Like that was my oh really? When I was yeah, when, since I was a kid, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor because okay. that's all you know when you're uh-huh. a little kid. And then when I got injured, went to a physical therapist. I was like, I think I like this better. And so I went to PT school, mm-hmm. um, learned all of the PT stuff, which I still use and highly value. Um, it's good to know 
where things are, mm-hmm. how things work, the mechanics, the mechanics, mm-hmm. what needs to be strong, what needs to mm-hmm. be looser. Um, and then I got out of school and met my Reiki master, and she introduced me to this whole other realm of the energetics. energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then I took a craniosacral class and I took my first myofascial class and I was like, no, this is, this is where it's at because it was looking at the whole person. It was not ignoring the emotions. It was not ignoring, you know, trauma. It wasn't ignoring all of the things that had been separated out, you know, in, in the PT world, I, as I said, I love PTs. I love that work and it's very compartmentalized to just dealing with the body the physical the physical body yeah and usually parts of the physical body right. doesn't even look at the whole thing right. a lot of times which that's that's changing now but it's all kind of coming together it's yeah. integrating a little bit but you've yeah. been on the cutting edge for a while yeah and the myofascial i mean i oh my the myofascial release that john barnes has put out into the world is just and what is the pioneering. fascia for people who don't may not know the the myofascial technique? Yeah, fascia is the connective tissue that connects every part of your body to everything else. It's essentially like the web or the fabric of your body. So it's what covers the muscles, the bones, it goes around every single cell, it goes around the nerves, it goes around everything. So you can imagine if there's restrictions in there, they're going to pinch down and clamp down on things and make them hurt. They're going to pull you at, you know, like if you're pulling one side of a sweater, it's going to make the whole thing pull to list to one side. So myofascial release basically finds those restrictions and helps to release them. So it looks at the whole body when we're addressing something. So that, that fall you had to your left hip might be what's causing your neck pain now. You know, mm. we, we don't know. We just look at you and, and find where it's tight and, re- and release it. And it's been known for a while that physical things will create those restrictions, but they've also discovered that, you know, you're, you solidify around emotional trauma as well. And Mm -hmm. so that's where I think this work really transcends a lot of the physical work that's been happening before. Did you have your own emotional crisis moment? Did you, when did you start to understand that the physical and the emotional were so interrelated? Because I think that's an interesting aha. Yeah. So... You know, I was a pretty repressed and controlled young person, (laughs) which I'm still recovering from and working through to this very day. It's a personality type I relate to. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The perfectionist. (laughs) The perfectionist. That's exactly it. Uh And um, when I was a teenager, it got especially hard to control because, you know, you've got all your hormonal changes happening and you're Mm -hmm. trying to individuate from your parents and and I was not liking some of the ugly things that were showing up and Mm. so um I repressed even more and I actually when I was in college um stopped eating oh wow so I went through about a year's worth of a pretty significant eating disorder okay and um when I came out of that well I started eating again like my dad actually said something to me and it was like a light switch flipped in my head where I actually he, he was like Lisa you're getting too skinny I went up looked in the mirror I was like oh wow he's right I am getting too skinny and I was like wearing my 12 year old sister's skirt at the time mm-hmm. and it just was like really mm-hmm. not um I knew it wasn't right and my logical brain sort of took over and was like okay I need to start eating mm-hmm. so I was able to to force feed myself not an easy thing to do if you've ever wow. <laughs> not eaten for a while but wow. I, I did it for I'm, I'm a pretty tenacious person too <laughs> um, but it didn't solve the emotional 
under right. underpinnings, of course. Right. So I would say yoga is what really made me first have that aha when I was like, oh, wow, here I am in my body and I'm starting to like feel these sensations that I was disconnected from my whole life or, you know, repressed and, you know, pushed to the side. Mm-hmm. So, so when you were actually on your yoga mat, you started to, yeah, what happened? You know, I was lucky that it was a slow burn. There were two, there were two moments. There was one on my yoga mat where I was in a class and I, like, I, actually, my first time I had an emotional release, I started uncontrollably giggling, mm. which was an embarrassing thing to have happen when you're in a yoga class and you're like, you know, I was young and I didn't know uh-huh. what was going on. Interesting. So that was really actually the first one. And then another time I had a cry during mm-hmm. so it's Shavasana. Just, yeah. It's interesting because that was one of my first memories of a big emotional release. It was at my great-grandmother's funeral as I started laughing in the middle of the funeral, me and my sister both, like overwhelming emotions that we didn't know how to handle. And of course, embarrassing in that scenario as well. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We still like laugh about that because we did it twice. We did it for my grandma and my great, my great grandma and my great grandpa. So yeah, when those feelings start really finding their way to the surface, they can be a little scary or a little uncontrolled. Right. Yoga, how did it teach you to start releasing the emotions or did you kind of teach yourself that? Or for me, it's been a really long journey of through meandering through lots of different techniques, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have same with me. I mean, yeah. that's why I have so many techniques <laughs> in the book because yeah. I've tried a lot. And honestly, just going to a yoga class really isn't going to just awaken it like that necessarily. No, mm-hmm. no. And actually the body work I think was really brought me deeper into it. Mm-hmm. I went to, my first craniosacral class. I went to a craniosacral class before I went to my first myofascial class, and I was like left brain PT at this mm-hmm. time. This was like my first exposure to anything more esoteric or even believing that there's any th- such thing as emotions in the body. Um, you know, I got the sense of it on the yoga mat, but I just, you know, I guess I just blew it off like it was a fluke or something. Uh-huh. And I, um, he released my sphenoid bone, which is the bone um, behind your eyes, and I had this flash memory about, um, I was born sunny side up. So, okay. <laughs> so my nose was smashed when okay. I was born. You need to look at my newborn pictures and my nose is smashed. Okay. And when he released my sphenoid bone, I just burst into tears and I'm like, I was the model for the class. So I'm like, okay, I believe me, that would never have happened in a million years if I had like any sort of control over it. What happened there? Um, he just released my sphenoid bone. That's all. So and I just... You know, I didn't have a real connection to why mm-hmm. I cried, but I just did. And it yeah. it just came out. I, the only reason I ask is I think some people may not have an awareness that you can actually shift parts of the body and release an emotion. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty powerful uh, learn, learning for me. And yeah. then later you kind of came back to the story and realized the yeah. birth trauma. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I just had that flash. So it didn't. What, what's really cool about this work, and I'm sure with the emotional work you do, too, uh, you don't always have to have content with it. Right. Like, it's just, sometimes it's just the sensation. And I think it's actually easier to release when you just have the sensation, because you don't have anything blocking the flow. It just is like, wow, there's this emotion. I don't know what it is, but it's okay. <laughs> 
Yes. And, and there's something about us that wants a story, sure. you know, absolutely. And absolutely. Like that's why it's easier to work on pets and stuff with emotions. Cause you just, right. They're not attached to the story, but right. you know, sometimes some more than others really uh, want to untangle the mental process and, and what yeah. all of the stories built up around certain things. And, yeah. And that can be helpful too. It's super powerful mm-hmm. and stories are what connect us. So I, that's true. I think it is a really important thing to, I don't know. I, I like them too. My mind loves knowing why or Well, that's why I'm asking happening. you these questions right now because, you know, <laughs> if we could transmit the work to everyone and be like purely like go go to your yoga mat, but no, people want to, to understand other people's story, understand the, the, the linear kind of progress and trajectory of things. So yeah. yeah, that's how we work too. Yeah. And there's a real power. I, I mean, I can, I'm a big proponent for getting treated more more so because there's power in numbers. Like if there's another, if there's a presence with you, it just somehow increases or amplifies what's happening. So when you say get treated, going in for like one-on-one sessions, getting body work done. Body work done mm-hmm. or yoga with a really skilled teacher or um, emotional work with a really powerful somatic therapist, just people who know how to get into the body and uh, presence with you mm-hmm. in a loving, kind way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. You have so many important parts of this book that you, and both of us, that's why I'm interviewing you, is like, this is important to get to the world. I feel the mission of this. I feel how many people are in the dark with this. I was in the dark with this. You were in the dark with this. Yes. You know, I feel like we took the road less traveled to find these these kind of techniques. Um, and for me, one of, I think my aha moments was around trauma and triggers and how we store trauma in the body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of this message that you're offering too, right? Yeah, totally. And so what is the difference between emotions and trauma to you? If there is a difference. Well, I mean, our emotions... I don't think our emotions, they've been really vilified and I don't think they should be like, they're really messengers for Mm -hmm. us. They tell us where we need boundaries. They tell us where, you know, that our heart is open and that we need to grieve something. They tell us, you know, if there's danger Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think what happens in trauma is that you get inappropriately triggered to feel um, emotions that aren't me- that are messaging you when you're not meant mm-hmm. to be messaged. Yes, <laughs> basically. Yes. And there's an intensity too in a trauma, like oh, yeah. a certain I think uh, I want to say oldness or an age to them that has been building up over time, and it's almost like more stories and more stories and more stories. Like you've had yeah. this recurring experience, and this is my understanding that develops around like an emotion that didn't get dealt with early on. Yeah. And then it's like a groove that keep your brain or your body just keeps falling into until it, beco- it becomes very scary or very, very, and we all have, we all have this. All of us. And you think of trauma as like PTSD and like war and, and sexual abuse. And, and those are true. Absolutely. But all of us have trauma. Yeah. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. 
So I really resonate a lot with the trauma work and just bringing an understanding into the world of how we actually deal with these emotions. Like you're saying, emotions are not scary. Right. They can be very liberating and they are what make us human. Yeah. You know, and allow us to feel joy. Yeah. And those shadow places are where, like, where I think our inner child lives. Like I think that, you know, it, we want to be creative and we want to be expressive. We want to be free. We want to feel peace. We want to feel joy. And it's like walking through those places, I think, is what brings us there. Absolutely. And, and that takes courage. Yes. It really takes courage. And, you know, emotional courage, courage of vulnerability, courage yes. of really facing our deepest fears. And those are unique for everyone. They are. For some people, it may be fear of the dark or... right. You know, sometimes it manifests in phobias or there's lots of ways to look at fear. Yeah. And you were saying before um, that you, one of the biggest things you see when people hold pain in the body, because that's another area of specialty for you is pain, is fear. Yes. Yes. So when people are in a lot of pain, they are, are faced with a lot of really pretty strong emotions around it they're afraid that they're never going to feel better they're um, angry that this happened to them they're grieving the loss of their function or changes in their life and it's a pretty emotional process to be in pain for a long period of time yes is that your main well you said you see people with with like continuous pain yeah chronic pain is my main that's my main um two main client bases. The first one are people that are in chronic pain and the second one are people who are on a pretty strongly paced spiritual path mm. and they want to like bust through some They're of moving their... really rapidly and yeah. wanting to move through their traumas yeah. and so how they it's want holding those. in their body. Yep, exactly. I would say I was probably in that second group when we worked together. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. And I've been so honored to work with so many amazing people. I mean, you know, like, it's it's such an honor to help people, like, come into their power and come into their light. Absolutely. It's really sacred space yeah. to do that kind of it really is. work. Absolutely. I honor it and... Um, I honor your ability to do it that for 20 years the way you have. Like that's an incredible amount of wisdom that you you know the body really well. And learning more all the time. <laughs> I'm sure layers and layers. It's just like anything else. Um any it's it's a journey. Yeah. Sure. And if people have been in chronic pain, like you want to know a group of people who know the body and who know their way through trauma, people who come through that journey Oh, really? Are really... um, That's a hardcore path. People who have chronic pain? Yeah. Yeah. It's... it's, Would you say that's mostly inviting a a deep awakening in them, or...? It seems that that's where it heads. You know, I've talked to a couple of of my clients who were really in it for a long period of time, and then they came out the other side. Um, And I've asked them directly, like, would you change it? And... I think that many of them think that they could have learned the lesson a lot more quickly than what actually occurred. Mm. So, um, but all of them have like a a deep wisdom and a deep uh, forced awareness of how to take care of themselves. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
So how do you see pain from your perspective? Um, well, essentially, it's your body's nervous system reaction to a stimulus. It's like a communication, basically. Uh, if your hand is on a hot stove, pain tells you to move it away. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's, that's, again, sort of like the emotional thing. Mm-hmm. That's what's supposed to happen. You get a sig- uh, signal and you... Make an appropriate change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like emotional pain. Wow, that person talks behind my back all the time and hurts my feelings. Hopefully, you decide I'm not going to trust that person Mm -hmm. with my deep feelings because they're talking behind my back, Mm -hmm. you know, and you make a change. Um, And with pain, hopefully, it's a stimulus that you can do something about. So, like, if you're sitting all day at work, for example, and it's hurting your back, hopefully just getting up and moving around and stretching and doing a few things will make it better. If your root chakra is all out of whack because your whole life is falling apart and you have back pain because of that, hopefully as you start to find your ground and stability and safe sense of safety again, it will start to let go too. Mm -hmm. So it's just sort of a matter, I think, of finding safety. Mm -hmm. And I'm sensitive talking about pain or disease or anything as though it's just a lesson to be learned because people who are in the middle of that, that can be a very hard pill to swallow. Yeah, and I don't mm-hmm. think it is just a lesson to be learned. And I, if you want to, like, really get my goat, like, mm-hmm. start telling me that someone manifested oh, the pain their pain the or their illness. Mm-hmm. That's, that is one of, like, the biggest spiritual no-nos, I think, that's happening out there is just, like, reducing absolutely someone's experience to something like that. Yes. Well, and besides the fact, many, many, many spiritual teachers have died of cancer and disease and yes. all of it. It, yes. it does not make you holier to be healthy. No, it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think this is a profound, actually a profound subject we just cracked into. And when someone comes into you... And this may be helpful for all of our listeners because we all know people in some sort of disease or pain. And what light do you offer them? What can you offer? What hope can you offer them? Well, if any, I, or if it's yeah, just acceptance, or I what think, is it? I think that just teaching them, first of all, listening to them. They've been disregarded most often. They've been disregarded by so many people doctors other healthcare professionals their family their friends they think that things are in their head they say they're crazy oh that's so painful it's horrible Mm -hmm. so they have a lot of um baggage along with feeling like crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) so then they've got this extra thing so presencing with them um if i can teach them a few things that can relieve their symptoms a little bit um giving them just a few um like for someone who has say fibromyalgia when you're in the middle of a crisis your brain again like we were just talking before your brain doesn't do the cognitive thing as well as it should they call mm-hmm. it fibro fog and fibromyalgia but okay. it's it happens with any sort of mm-hmm. emergency sort of situation your brain doesn't work as well as it normally does so i encourage people to like have a list of things that they know help them like If you know that an Epsom salt bath helps a little bit, Mm -hmm. get in your Epsom salt bath. If you know that a slow walk in nature helps, get into that. You know, whatever Mm -hmm. you can do. I teach them usually a few breathing techniques, teach them about that fight or flight thing, the Mm -hmm. exhalation, the pelvic breathing. 
um, so that they at least have some tools. And um, hopefully some of the work I can do will actually transform the pain. And I, I find it often does. Mm -hmm. And that's the power I believe of, of you both witnessing them. That's a huge aspect of working. Like you were saying, working with someone else, getting treatment, but also, you know, the incredible awareness you carry with you sort of energetically resonates with their bodies and sort of teaches their bodies how to release. That's what I feel is happening. Yeah, I think that's true. And the more, I mean, well, that's like, Again, I'm getting a little esoteric here. I don't know how esoteric I'm Whatever. I'm just <laughs> being myself here, so let's do it. <laughs> but, like, you know, that's what supposedly happens in the presence of a great sage. Mm-hmm. Is Absolutely. Their presence, who they are, is what transforms people and heals people. It's not necessarily what they do. They're mm-hmm. not, like, A leads to B leads to C, like, things there it's their presence that really helps heal that's absolutely what I believe because I started noticing when I started doing emotional work that and more so when I was doing I'm not seeing clients one-on-one like you are every day anymore but when I was doing that I would notice I would just be around people and they would start moving emotional they would start doing this emotional work and I was and I realized that I was carrying something with me yeah. that open things for people just being in their presence and there's something so beautiful about that and sort of a non-grasping non-doing idea of it's not about the doing it's no. truly about the beingness yes and you know I think we're all just learning to understand that totally totally pushing and forcing doesn't work mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> fixing doesn't work <laughs> Um, and that's actually what, part of why I'm doing a podcast now, because I see that our resonant field that we're creating here is opening space for everyone who's listening, too. Yes. It's it's like we created a template. I call it an energetic template, which is just something that we carry with us that we're good at. Right. And we all have them. And we create synergies. Like your awareness and my awareness is different, and we're creating a whole new body of awareness here and then the people who are listening are receiving that and also offering it back in it's just this co-creation someone feels unsafe in their body what starts happening so what ends up happening is your your fight or flight response starts to kick in it's kind of all over the place right now the the vagus nerve is like the new hot zone yeah <laughs> which is what i'm so excited that it is that it's finally hit the yes. mainstream yes and what is the vagus nerve so the vagus people? nerve it's one of your cranial nerves and it's the nerve that basically communicates peace to your body so it's mm. like the one that helps you downregulate after something has disturbed your peace like flare-ups with adrenal overload or yep overwhelm yep. Mm-hmm. yep so when you're in fight or flight you're Blood shunts to your big muscles so you can run away. It shunts to your heart and your lungs so that you can breathe faster and heartbeat faster so you can fight. And the vagus nerve is the thing that downregulates that. Mm-hmm. And it's super appropriate when you're, like, in danger. You know, mm-hmm. if you really do have to fight for your life, it's mm-hmm. so useful. Mm-hmm. But we end up having this engage with everything in life. We turn on the news and it engages. Or we're late for work and it engages. And... Unfortunately, most of us don't have that downregulation happening, and we're stuck there. Right. So what are some, like, where hey, where is it in the body? It's right behind the neck, right? Or It comes out from the neck, and then it travels down, well, through the base of the skull. It travels down through the front of the neck, goes around the heart, and goes to your lungs, goes to your guts. So it basically, like, 
goes to and from each of those organs. Mm-hmm. And what I find super interesting, and I this is common knowledge, but I don't know where they've gone with it yet, mm-hmm. is that 90% of the nerve fibers from the vagus nerve are actually heading from the gut to the brain, not the other way around. Oh, so we hit it, it hits our gut first, a gut, gut feeling. That's sort of... I, I can't say that's true, but that mm. seems like that might be That's what it's implying. Yeah. Wow. So that's kind of exciting. That too. is cool. What are some of the ways that you teach in your new book, Following the Feeling, which is awesome? And you have so many different techniques in here. But I want to start with maybe one of the best ones for calming the vagus nerve, because I think that's a really important one. Yeah, I have lots of techniques. Pretty much all of them are, are addressing the, the vagus nerve, mm-hmm. but... Um, I have a specific section that's especially geared towards people that are in trauma or people that are just overstimulated. And the diaphragm is like our window into switching, flipping that switch. So um, I have a pelvic floor breathing technique that I really like. So it's basically just like visualizing a balloon in your pelvis. It's like made of light. And then feeling that a balloon expand as you inhale and contract as you exhale. And if you keep your awareness down there, what it ends up doing is slowing down your breathing, slowing down your heart rate, and communicating some safety. So it gets you into your body again, out of your spinning mind, Mm -hmm. and hopefully calms you down a little bit. So the deep breathing. The deep breathing Mm -hmm. is a big part of it. Um, Increasing your exhalation is a great way to do it. Oh, because that immediately slows everything down, Uh too. Yeah, it's the moon energy. It's Mm -hmm. um, your your yin channels, Mm -hmm. the release, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So singing, humming, those things can immediately flip that switch. Mm -hmm. Chanting. yeah. (laughs) All those all yoga the, techniques. I was just going to say, this is all yoga here. Uh-huh. And how is this different or the same from activating the parasympathetic nervous system? It's the same. Okay. So it's the same ideas. Yeah. yeah the vagus nerve is sort of just the doorway to that whole system. Okay. C- yeah. Could you explain that a little bit for people? Just the difference? The parasympathetic mm-hmm. and sympathetic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sympathetic nervous system is your stress response, the one I was talking about earlier, that gets triggered when you... Um, have a stress event that happens. So the increased heart rate, the increased respiratory rate, increased blood pressure, and then what should have your adrenaline gets released. And then what should happen is you move into the parasympathetic system, which is the opposite of that. Um, it's nicknamed the rest and digest system. So when you're feeling safe and after the stressful event, what's supposed to happen is that your vagus nerve kicks in, it tells your body, no, everything's okay. Your digestion starts to work again. Your reproduction starts to work again. Your um, just sense of calm and safety. Your b- blood goes from your midbrain, which is your emotional brain, back up into your frontal lobe so you can think clearly again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I, whenever, if you've ever been to like a yoga relaxation session, anything like that, you can, I mean, I've, I felt it recently really powerfully when I shifted from one to the other, and that is the healing zone. And we have, in order to really heal, we have to spend time in that zone, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's where everything goes right. It's mm-hmm. your immune system is affected negatively if you're not getting into the parasympathetic state. Um, so, you know, I, I deal a lot with chronic pain, but I have people who are chronically ill coming to me too because they need to just downregulate their system enough so that their body can do its job. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yes, there's, uh, we'll use Lyme, Lyme disease as, as an example. I've got a lot of people with Lyme disease in my clinic and 
So they've got this invader in their body and this thing that's constantly attacking them. Of course their body's going to be in a stress response. But then their immune system, it's like this horrible loop because they can't ever heal their immune system until their nervous system feels safe. So you're kind of, you know, you're fighting a critter, but Mm -hmm. then you're also trying to, like, calm your body down. So it's finding that perfect balance between the two. Yeah, that's amazing. So you have worked for 20 years in the field of myofascial release and many other techniques that obviously that you speak about in this amazing book, Following the Feeling of Roadmap to Emotional Freedom is the title by Lisa West. And it's really awesome. And you self-published this. This is sort of, I would say, from looking through it, it looks like a lot, a a career, 20 years worth of techniques from seeing clients every single day. Um, It's amazing. Uh, This is amazing because I've worked in the field of emotional health for a long time. All these techniques, I 100% know they work. So um, Um, I think it's always interesting to, to hear really wise and insightful people like yourself, like what is a really amazing piece of advice that you've received from someone else that's really changed your path? Because I know you've changed so many people's paths with your mentorship and with your insight and with your physical um, body work. Well, I've received a lot of really great insight. I've been so lucky to meet so many amazing, powerful teachers um, in all aspects of my life. Um, But I think maybe the thing that really helped me dive deeper and realize that it was okay to surrender and let go a little bit uh, was when John Barnes said, I don't even think he said it like really formally. I think he just casually said in a class one time is feelings never killed anyone. Right. And it was like this huge aha of like, Oh my gosh, I've been thinking like my body reaction was that these emotions were going to kill me if I had to feel them. And it was like the hugest awareness to just be like, Oh, they're, they're not going to, they're just a sensation and they'll pass. Right. Well, and maybe, Maybe even feeling the feelings hasn't killed someone, but repressing the feelings probably has <laughs> killed probably someone. killed a lot of people. <laughs> but you're totally right. When you're in the midst of anger or fear and you're shaking and you're crying, like that can be one of the scariest places to be. But you're right. That doesn't kill people. No. It really doesn't. Yeah. That's huge. That is a big awareness. And John Barnes is the creator of myofascial? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the myofascial release. Yep. Mm-hmm. When you physically, sometimes you physically move something, like you were saying, um, someone pressed on your forehead and it released a whole trauma. Um, so do you see that on the table a lot where people spontaneously release emotions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens pretty often. And even if it doesn't happen like in an overt emotional way, mm-hmm. um, there's a process called unwinding where your body just starts kind of going into a physiological processing of the trauma. Mm -hmm. And I know that emotions getting released, even Mm -hmm. if they're not like in it emotionally, it's just like subtly draining or subtly. Yeah. It's just opening up Mm -hmm. that awareness and Mm -hmm. integrating it. Um, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thank you and so much. And it's so much. lovely we got to have this conversation in person, too. So lucky. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad you're bringing this work into the world. Oh, thank you. And likewise with your book. Um, so the other thing I wanted to share with people is they can find you online. What's your website again? It's lisawestwellness.com. Absolutely. And you have um, 
a free chapter of your book there, and you're also giving away... Um, I also have what my grounding meditation is on there. Okay. And so they can access that for free as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure that's a great one. Grounding is so key to safety, as we yes. talked about at the beginning. Yes. Um, really feeling safe on the planet in your body. So that's a great offering. So that's free, lisawestwellness.com. Uh, you can visit her and meet her there. And if you're local, you can get a session with her, I, I presume. Yeah. You yep. have to wait a while, but <laughs> um, thank you for putting this work into the world. I really honor you for, for taking vision into reality and, um, and putting this out here. Thank you so much, Ayla. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning into this Emotional Planet podcast with Lisa. Wow, such amazing insights coming through. I'm so delighted to be bringing this out into the world. If you want to be a bigger part of our community, you can always join us at daughterofcreation.com and sign up for my weekly emails, which keeps you connected throughout the week, drops the show notes and new episodes when they come out. Daughterofcreation.com. I'd love to see you over there. Okay, lots of love. Hello, this is Ayla. Thanks for tuning in. So I have my own healing process that I've developed over the seven years I was working as an emotional healing professional. And then personally, I use shale to this day. And I work with clients all the time to move through their own blocks to their creation process. But this process is something that's actually very valuable and effective on its own. So in this Emotional Planet series, I've actually offered you lots of resources because different modalities resonate with each of us differently and at different times. But I really did want to share you my own with you my own process in the form of a course. So the online course is on my website. And in addition to the course, you get a free um, mentorship session with me to just go over the process and make sure that it's landing for you. So there's some one-on-one support and the course itself to teach you the technique. And this technique you can use over and over and over again. Every time something comes up, it really is the basic tool I use all the time. You can find it on my website, www.daughterofcreation.com backslash healing.